Welcome to episode two of the Enjoying God podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here with Nick and James as we explore what it means to experience the joy of living for God. I'll say it again. You need to date God. Date God. Do what you does love that, that mean? Do you love that? Because you, like, you know, they, they no, say... I don't love that. One of the, oh, one of the fi- <laughs> Enjoying God, well, when I don't, whose fault is that? Yeah. When God is distance, yes. whose fault is that? We don't want to focus on the means. We want to focus on the grace. Look, I'm going to say something controversial, Nick, but you know I love and my preference is instant coffee. Well, welcome back to episode two of the Enjoying God podcast. We've learned some lessons from episode one. Nick, sure have. Nicholas Knuckle Crackling. Man, the I microphone. didn't even realize I was doing that. Now they're going to go back and listen to it. Oh, know that I was get bad arthritis in your fingers okay. when you're older. If you hear the knuckle crackling oh. from episode one, Get in contact with us. Let us know the minute mark that happened. We apologize. What's the prize, Julian? An umbrella. Julian's going to give you his umbrella. You're not going to be able to hold it, though. <laughs> too many knuckle crackles. <laughs> so the isolation restrictions are starting to lift. What are you guys sick of doing during isolation? What I'm you, sick what of you... not sitting at cafes. I just you, That's where I do all of my good work. I sit <laughs> down, get a bottomless batch brew and just pump it. And yes. now I have to buy a bunch of individual takeaways. It's okay. just the worst. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm going to say something controversial, Nick, but you know I love and my preference is instant coffee. You disgust mm. me. Oh, a Makona or a Blet. Oh, for no. those of you who are listening, you may not know, but there is a, a long-running tension in our staff team. Uh, James and I... Uh, well, we enjoy coffee, but we're known to have the occasional Makona. But Nick and Curtis are both very judgmental about our coffee tastes. Oh, it's not judgment. You... It's like, I'm not going to allow my brothers to fall into sin. I want to protect you. I want to guard you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when you have that instant Makona, like, oh, Can we it. get onto the topic? Please? Okay. So, <laughs> episode it's not one. enjoying coffee? That's not the... No, no you got to enjoy enjoying coffee. Enjoying God, okay. Episode one was uh, us thinking about... How do we learn to enjoy God in the way that he's made us, in the way that he's wired us? Where are we going today, guys? Well, yeah. So I think that there's a consistent tension that that I feel, and I, I think I'm not alone, that the Bible is filled with these amazing, enormous, glorious, beautiful promises um, that, that are declared over us in the gospel, that, that God reaches into this world and he saves us completely and utterly. The blood of Jesus washes us entirely of our sin. We're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And yet, why do I feel like I still am an old creation? And why do I consistently suck and fail and fall? And why does God feel so hot, distant and difficult to relate to? Like, I feel like that's a tension that, that everyone has felt at some point. And, and not just that, but like, is there something wrong with me? Because, you know, the Bible is full of all these truths, but I'm not experiencing them. Because it's sort of like that, uh, enjoying God, well, when I don't, whose fault is that? Yeah. When God is distant, yes. whose fault is that? Is that God's mm. fault? Is that my fault? Bit of combo? Bit of combo. Yeah, well, you know, tap, tapping into that. Uh, it's interesting, like I was, uh, you know, that sense of what is true and what is certain, what is fact is important. Yeah. But then also too... But you're telling me, like, what are the feelings mm. when I f- feel it or don't feel it? You know, what, how's that? And you can assess with? your relationship with God based on the feelings mm. when you really shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. What, you know, nothing can change. Well, right. And we're getting back into personality type here where, you know, if you're the more cerebral type who's very, you know, a, a person of the mind, you might 
not have that sense of feeling. And so you might be the one to blame God because you're actually just sitting here being like, God, you promised these things and you're not coming through. Um, whereas there's an alternative where maybe you actually take that upon yourself where you're constantly evaluating your feelings and maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm distant. Maybe I'm wondering, maybe I'm the problem. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I think everyone feels the tension. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what is, what is true? What's the certain part? What's the bit that's not changing? Yeah, well, I think it's helpful, but a little bit nerdy to talk about two different terms um, when it comes to what God has done for us. There's the union that we have with Christ, and then there's the communion that we have with God. This is John Owen. John He's Owen. I've got the book behind me right now. Yeah, nice. um, so union is how God has united us with Christ mm. and all of the, the, the acts of redemption that he has accomplished on the cross are applied to us because we are united and become one with him in a sense. But then the communion, um, not drinking wine and eating bread, <laughs> like don't get confused there. Communion, like the way that you relate, the way that you commune with God, um, the, the experience that you have of God, that's actually a completely different category to what God has accomplished with Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I was talking to a lady from church uh, who basically when we were doing Colossians earlier this year, got printed off the book of Colossians and just basically wrote all these notes and particularly highlighted uh, the two words like in Christ mm. or like uh, or by Christ yeah, yeah. again and again and again. And uh, she was overwhelmed by how many times that phrase comes in in just Colossians alone. And she's like, oh, I can see why you called the, the series Christ is All. Mm. Uh, because those, like, they're so, like, little minor bits, like, in Christ, and you just sort of skip over them. But you realize that is the way in which we're united to God and have access to all of what God has done. You know, it's not, and because often where I, I default to, like, in Galea, in Galea, in, like, Galea, in terms of, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm chosen, I'm redeemed, I'm saved. You know, yeah, Jesus has some, but it's sort of... Right, that's really good. I, and there's a danger in that, right? I, like yeah, where oh, yeah, faith is interpreted just through us and it's all about us and all about us and all about mm. us when actually we've just lost the union part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it, Jesus is the one by which you have all access to all the blessings of God mm. and he's the ones brought it about. It's like when, uh, you know, when I went to Malta, so my heritage is Maltese, which is an mm. island off Italy for those playing at home. And uh, when I went, got off the airport... There was about oh, 30 members of extended family there to greet me. And then for about two weeks, it was just, I was overwhelmed by, you know, free accommodation. They took me out to restaurants here and there nice. and all these places. And I experienced amazing blessing for two weeks. I think the only reason I have access to all this is because of my, who I'm connected to. Yeah. I'm connected to my dad, who's part of this family. I'm united to them. Like I if you guys, Malta, I ain't you, getting nothing. Well, I mean, they'll be friendly <laughs> to you, but you're not going to experience <laughs> the love that I experience. And it had nothing to do with me. It's just that I was united to this family. And that's kind of with Jesus. You know, we're united to Christ and we have access to all the blessings. And that's nothing that we've done. Mm. Yeah. And even as the experience of God goes up and down based on your feelings and your experience, nothing changes about the union all of those blessings are always yours in Jesus. Mm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah can't, totally. you can't take that away. Yeah. It's really good. I, um, as a young adults pastor, have noticed over the past few years, and I think this rings true for not just young adults, but that we have a tendency to look at the means of grace. Um, that's what you know Wesley called all the things that God gives us to relate to him, Bible reading, prayer, time in fellowship with other Christians. We make the means of grace the grace itself. And we start evaluating our faith based upon our 
our ability to do those means. And so we can lean to pride because we're kicking butt on our Bible reading plan, or we can feel absolutely worthless because we haven't prayed in a week. Mm. And I think that's a tendency that I see lots in young adults, but I think it rings true for everybody, that we don't want to focus on the means, we want to focus on the grace. The whole point of them is to get us closer to the gospel. And so there's this verse that we looked at in Colossians this year, which is just so good. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The whole goal just get deeper into Jesus, not deeper into your Bible reading plan, not deeper into your prayer life, deeper into Jesus. Hmm. But how, like, I get, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, how, what does that actually look like? Because, you know, I mean, like, I can read the Bible more or not read the Bible. Like, how does getting deeper into Jesus, you know, I mean, it sounds nice. It does sound nice, doesn't it? Um, you know. But what do you do with it? How do you, yeah. yeah it's a great question. Um, I think we've kind of touched on it. It's the union and communion thing. I think it's coming to rest in the union. It's looking at all those things that you do in your Christian life, not as acts in themselves, but coming to just that time that you spend in the Bible and searching for Jesus, searching for those promises, searching for that grace and actually coming to put your trust in them. Um, You know, when you feel low or feel like God is distant, rather than condemning yourself, come and look for those certain blessings that are yours. An incredible part of our relationship with our Heavenly Father is the way that He communicates with us through His Word. Imagine bringing His life-changing Word to our own relationships, opening up to its beauty and richness with a friend. Head to readwithme.com.au for some inspiration on how to get a start. Come and look for those certain blessings that are yours. Mm. So it's that remo- uh, what are you saying? Like it's basically, it's not a search exercise, but it's a a re- finding and reminding. Finding and reminding. That's beautiful. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Of, of who you are in Christ. Exactly. Um, I think you like you actually were talking earlier about this idea of union and communion being like a, a marriage, and mm. I think that actually really helpfully kind of helps us understand this. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, one of the things I love doing, I've only done a couple of times, is but particularly sitting down with a couple who are about to get married. And I'll sort of say this line, and look, it often confuses them, but mm-hmm. I say like, you know there's no marriage in heaven. So what does that mean for your marriage on earth? Yeah, wow. Um, what's, the, what's the point of it? And look, often they're just confused. Um, but <laughs> I try to have a sense of like, so marriage, for example, is only a moment. It's only a, a use... You know, it's there for making babies and it's there for like uh, like sex and all those kind of things in terms of God's purpose. But the ultimate purpose of marriage is it's for a moment to, I think, reflect the prim- our relationship with God. You just see this in Ephesians 5. But in the sense that we're united to Christ and that is permanent. Uh, that is, uh, we're, we're, as it were, married to Jesus uh, and that is certain. Uh, and yet our experience, uh, that the communion part of, of how we go about relating to God is, is a two-way relationship. Yes. You know, so like, for example, you know, there was a cha- I lost my wedding ring at Balmoral Beach. Uh, and so I didn't have mm-hmm. a wedding ring. You'll give a reward for anyone who can find it. Oh, no. 
How much no. trouble did you get in when you came home and said to Charlie? No, to be honest, I think I didn't get in much I've trouble because I was ring. actually quite sad. I, okay. I surprised myself, and I think Charlie was surprised <laughs> even more so that <laughs> uh, actually I was quite what sad. What is this feeling? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I lost it, and so for about uh, six weeks, I didn't have a wedding ring. I was still married. Mm. Uh, if you can't find your wedding certificate, you're still married. Mm. But so there's a certain sense of what is true, and whether you wake up and you're having a great day. Uh, with your spouse or a horrendous day, a lot of conflict, you're still married. So there's that sense of oh, we're united to Christ, uh, whether you're having a great day, you're sort of really excited, uh, enjoying God and things are, oh, he feels distant, you're still united to Christ and nothing can change that. Yeah, it's so good. So but good. the reality is like how you experience that in terms of what you do, like do I talk to my wife? Do I actually relate? Do I invest? You know, those kind of things heighten or dampen the experience of my relationship with my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's true with God. No, that's so good. And imagine if you were married and you woke up every morning just crippled with the thought, maybe I'm not married today. You know, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the last day of my marriage. You know, I think that's mm. often how we approach faith where, you know, we've had this promise. We've been united with Christ. We're, really, it's the metaphor that we're, we're the bride of Christ. Mm. We've had this happen, yet every day we just kind of feel like that's not a reality. Yeah, there's ups and downs in marriage. Anyone who's been married will tell you that. I can preach it. But um, there's never a moment where you don't rely upon that promise to commit to one another. I think that's, you know, the answer to your question from before. I think that's, that's what you rely upon to not make the means of grace the grace itself. Mm. You live knowing that you're united with Christ. And you spend every day trying to invest in that relationship with Him. I'd like to say to everyone listening here, you need to date God. I'll say it again. You need to date God. Date God. Do what does that, that mean? Do you love that? Because you like. You know, they, no, they say, I don't love that. One of the, ah, one of the, bi- <laughs> one of the pieces of advice I got when I got <laughs> got married was, hey, just because you got married doesn't mean you need to stop dating your wife. You know, you need to invest in time where you just enjoy each other and spend time together, and you work on your relationship and you keep communication open. Like those things are really important, no matter how long you've been married, even 50, 60, 70 years. Um, when you came to know Jesus, you had this moment where you surrendered your life to Him, and it was really big and, and momentous. But you got to you got to keep investing in that relationship. You got to date God. I stand by it. I don't I don't care what you think, James Clear. <laughs> Well, no, no. Look, I, I, I get the sentiment, but I... Oh. But again, this is the difference, you know, dating God. Anyway, but that's just not me. But I get very much the sense of, yes, it, it, you know, it's like the, I heard of a guy who never said he loved his wife. Wow. And when asked why, he said, well, when I got married to her, I said, I love you, and I'll let her know if anything changes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, you're married, but it's not a healthy relationship, you know what I mean? That's like right. That con- you know, in a marriage or in friendship or in a family, just like God, there's a reminder too of I love you and, and that communion and talking to one another yeah, is, yeah. is essential. You know, it's really I mean? good. And it takes effort. Yep. You know? Yep. So to get practical, there's kind of like two ends of a spectrum where on the one hand, you can live in consistent fear and anxiety that you are not right with God. And so you feel distant from Him, you feel far from Him. Um, and so that's just a constant like faith doubt exercise right and what that is is failing to grasp grace right yes yes thinking it depends on your own works and what you've done to maintain that relationship with god right yes and the important thing to note is you still believe the gospel you'll still say all the right things and sing all the right songs but but in your heart you don't believe it you yeah. really don't actually have that dynamic of grace where you but go it's a gift your, your your relationship with god is a gift it's done boom. at the cross 
Exactly. Mm. So you, if you're an anxious Christian, um, need to come and embrace your union with Christ. Right. Um, you know, a little helpful tip that I got given a while ago was to, to put together some morning words that remind my heart of what's really true mm. about myself. Um, I haven't done it for a little while, but it was really helpful for a season where every morning before I made my coffee in the morning, I would just read these words out loud and remind myself of the truths about God because I feel that anxiousness. I always evaluate my relationship with God on me mm. and I needed to be convinced of the union. So that's something you need. So that's on the one hand, the, so, the anxious... So just flesh out, but do you got like uh, that sense of treading on eggshells when it comes to God? Like that sort of worry of like, is he there or like, does he still love me? Is that the kind yeah, of thing? I think it's more just like I'm aware of how bad I've been at investing in that relationship with mm. God. And so I'm almost like fearful to come back to him because I, I know that he knows that I haven't been who I should be and who mm. I said I've been. And so I just kind of feel that guilt. Like I'm not good enough. I haven't done enough. And it is a vicious cycle where I feel guilty for not investing in my relationship with God. So I don't invest in my relationship with God. Um, and so then you doubt if God wants you or saved you. Or right. is, that, is that the... Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's where it gets sometimes. Mm. Um, but the, the thing that I need to remember is that in those moments where I genuinely have failed to invest in my relationship with God, he's not sitting there shaking his head at me. He's sitting there with his arms wide open, welcoming me back. Because yeah. he's a God of grace. He's a God of grace, God mm. of love. He's our father. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's the one side of the spectrum. That's the one side. Tell us about the other side. Then. I think the other side, um, you know, James, tell me if this is more you. I was the anxious guy. Um, it's this sense where you start to feel distant from God and have that experience that we've already talked about. And instead of feeling anxious in yourself that you weren't good enough, you start to blame God. You know, you, God, you promised that you would be with me. You said that you'd send your Holy Spirit and fill me with joy, peace, love, and faithfulness and gentleness. I don't see it. Where are you? And you kind of just put it back on God, right? Is that more your Yeah, yeah and I think, so, in this is my problem. I don't often worry... Uh, if God is there or if, if I'm saved. Um, and that, that's, that's partly personality, but also to partly pride uh, as well. Uh, you know, when I became a Christian, I had to repent mainly of pride and mm. those kind of things, not... Uh, I, I always had a default of, oh, yeah, of course God would want me. So there's a sense of <laughs> unhealthy arrogance. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the... It's that effort it's the, uh, that, that it takes for a relationship with God because you think... Well, God feels distant. Like, I don't really feel like a Christian. Well, it must be his fault. Yeah. Uh, but then I look at my life like, well, actually, I haven't picked up my Bible in two weeks. Mm. I haven't actually talked to him in a genuine way for a while. And so I guess my tendency is to point the finger at God. Yeah. But in, in it, 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 I think this is the healthy part of pointing finger back on me. Actually, it's because I haven't made the effort. Yeah. I haven't actually, just in like, uh, you know, with friends and that kind of thing, it actually, I need to take the effort, not sit at home wondering, where are my friends? Why do they talk to me? I actually have to pick up the phone and talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with God. The uh, word that comes to mind, ownership. You've got to own it. Very much. You've got to own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think a number of people, uh, it's a hard word, but rather than blaming God, Actually, got to look at yourself. Or what effort are you putting in? Mm. Yeah. Uh, to not uh, achieve your salvation, that Jesus yes. did that, but actually experience a genuine relationship with God. Mm. So again, it's it it's the gospel of grace. It's grace fueled effort. Mm, mm, mm. 
in responding to God's grace and kindness uh, with effort to to foster that relationship with God and keep yeah, enjoying yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, uh, someone said, like, God not only wants to save you, but He wants you to know you're saved. Well, that's good. So there's one al- al- aspect there, but also to He saved you for a relationship. Mm. It's, it's not just a status or like something you, you know, like, He's saved you not just for a fact or like for a truth. He saved you to enjoy that truth, to enjoy that relationship. Mm. You know, like, for example, like, we are forgiven. That's true, but also to uh, we we in terms of like only repent of sin and uh, continually ask for forgiveness and because I'm in a relationship with God, yeah, I'm mm. live that out. And if I don't repent of my sin, well, and think, well, why is God distant? Well, I got to point the finger back at me at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get nerdy on you for a minute, J.I. Packer quote: um, "Justification is the foundation of our faith. Justification, you know, that moment where God washes us clean of our sin." Um, but adoption is the crowning blessing of mm. our faith. Beautiful. You know, we were saved to be in a relationship with our Father. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's been great to hear both of your perspectives. We've got Nick, who, well, how did you describe yourself? The worry, the anxious guy. Yep, worrying. Have, have I have I done enough to to kind of keep my relationship with God going? Yep. James, the how do you want to describe yourself? Oh. Well, I, th- I think the, uh, the <laughs> looking back at me, I think I just need a. Uh, what is it? I, I can't blame God for everything. Yep. I actually need to take ownership. Yes. Of my faith and what I do yep. to foster a genuine, healthy relationship with God. Great. So maybe if you're listening, you might tend towards one of them, either a Nick or a James, or maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's been great to hear both of you guys reflect about the way God's wired you and and how to foster that relationship with God and enjoy Him. Thanks for listening. Again, please share this with your friends. Please subscribe. And we're going to be back in episode three as we dig into prayer and how by praying we can spend time and enjoy our Heavenly Father. See you next time.